Whispers in the Trees is a dark podcast currently focusing on the Great White North, surrounding all of our grisly truths from the kindest place on earth to the head-scratching unknowns hidden beneath the snow. My name is Mads, and join me today on a deep dive into the life and crimes of William and Lila Young. Before we begin, today's case will involve murder, child abuse, infanticide, and medical negligence. Viewer discretion is strongly advised. If you want to help me continue this passion in bringing dark secrets to light, consider supporting me at buymeacoffee.com slash whisperspodcast. Now, join me around the campfire. These are my whispers in the trees. Lila Coolin was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia in 1899 to Seventh-day Adventist parents. I'm sure whoever of you were raised by Seventh-day Adventist parents or even highly religious parents will know they were pretty strict. She met William Peach Young when she was 26 in 1925. They married within the same year and moved to Chicago so that William could be licensed as a chiropractor. In Chicago, Lila had the first of their five children. When William was done his schooling, Lila and him moved back to East Chester. The two of them opened up the Life and Health Sanitarium, which would later be turned into what was called the Ideal Maternity Home. This was the name that they would become infamous under. They wanted to make a place for pregnant women who were unmarried to safely give birth without the judgment from society. Married and unmarried women were welcome in the home, and these women were really just dollar signs for William and Lila. Lila was a midwife who advertised herself as an obstetrician, and William began working as a doctor. Remember, he's only licensed as a chiropractor, not an actual doctor. The ideal maternity home was a source of illegal trade of infants between Canada and the United States. At this time, it was illegal in the U.S. for cross-religion adoptions to be had. So it was really hard for Jewish couples at this time. It was just another layer of difficulty for them. The home would provide black market services to these couples for up to $10,000 a baby. Roughly in today's money, this was worth $167,561. This is crazy. Business was booming through World War II as Halifax was a massive port for convoys from North America to England. Unfortunately, a lot of these ships never completed their journeys, so on top of this, the men that did come to port tried to squeeze as much of their life as they could, partying and hoeing it the fuck up. They wanted to cut loose, and I don't blame them. It's World War II. Let them go and just enjoy their lives, except for the fact that they didn't wrap it up, leaving women widowed and abandoned mothers, which sucked. That wasn't so good at the time. Women were charged for everything during their stays at the ideal maternity home. Diapers, food, bedstay, everything. This time in the home cost up to $500. When the average wage per week is $8, this made things a little difficult. So women who could not afford to pay their bills had to work to pay them off. So there's a $500 hospital fee, and on top of this, if the baby was lost during birth, it was a $20 funeral fee. This included what the Youngs called a coffin, which was really just a satin-lined butter box. 
Butter boxes were, as they sounded, what the farmers in the town would deliver butter to the home in. It was just a fucking wooden crate that they just lined with satin. Unfortunately, they would need quite a few of these wooden crates because Lila delivered the babies herself while William knelt by the bed and just prayed. The man who said he was a doctor knelt by the bed and simply prayed. The home reported an 8.1% infant mortality rate, which almost tripled Nova Scotia's 3.1% average. The women who were forced to pay off their debts witnessed really horrible things in this home. They were forced to take part in many atrocities. They didn't feel they could go to the police for fear of their own societal consequences, as well as possible legal consequences. They were forced to sign contracts by William and Lila, giving the couple full legal authority over the infants. And if the mothers didn't sign this within 14 days, they would be charged another $30. How much money can they pump out of these women? I don't know. Then there was the problem of unmarketable children. I hope that I don't have to cut in here and mention, but I will. This is not my opinion. This is only the historical opinion of William and Lila Young. None of these opinions in this story are shared with me. And I'm only going to say it once. I am disgusted in this story. It's gross. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. There's, there's nothing else. These are not my opinions. They are not shared by me. I do not endorse them. They were deemed this way and they would be started on a special diet. The special diet was a mixture of molasses and water, effectively starving the infants within a period of two weeks. Unmarketable children included dark-skinned, disabled, deformed, or any type of ill. When the child gave in to malnutrition, the youngs would take the infant and place them in, you guessed it, those same wooden crates that the farmers would bring the butter in. The very same crates that the, this case would get its infamous name from. Those butter boxes that those kids would now be known as the butter box babies because of. From this point, the infant would be buried on the property, thrown into the sea, burned in the furnace at the home, or only allegedly, this has never been proven, allegedly used as bait by local fishermen that Lila knew. On occasion, a couple would come in and have a baby that Lila would see as extremely marketable. This baby would be whisked away and the couple would be told that the infant had died of a sudden illness or some sort of freak accident. They simply stole away babies from their real family so that they could sell them. Dollar signs, profit, that's all that they saw. They didn't care about these people. In particular, on January 4th, 1936, the Youngs were charged with the manslaughter of Ava Nayforth, as well as her newborn. It was believed the two of them died due to unsanitary conditions within the home, as well as pure negligence on the part of the Youngs. The young girl had come into the home by sleigh a week before Christmas in 1935 because it was her ninth month and she was ready to pop any day. She was struggling right now. So they literally chucked her on a sleigh and dragged her through the snow to bring her to the home. Soon after her arrival, she contracted an abdominal infection, which caused her to go into labor on January 28th. 
The labor was agonizing, and the youngs had no antibiotics on site to treat the infection, and she simply had been confined to a cot until this time. Her baby passed away the day after they were born, and Ava's infection inflamed. Ava's boyfriend, Walter, begged William and Lila to release her, take her to a doctor in Eastchester, and they just dismissed him. William claimed that he was a doctor already and he could handle this, and then Lila took over and convinced Walter to pay $25 for a funeral and shroud for the infant. Walter left that day feeling all kinds of ways I cannot even imagine. He just lost his baby, and his girlfriend is in pain, suffering, and there's nothing he can do. Ava would die on February 1st, and when autopsies were performed, it would be concluded that the infections, which was peritonitis, an infection of the abdominal wall, um, which caused redness and swelling of the belly, that ultimately caused the labor and death of Ava and her infant, was caused by unsanitized obstetric instruments. They just didn't clean their tools. They just didn't sanitize well enough. The trial for this would only last three days before the couple was acquitted. The RCMP would have to check into the home after every reported infant death from here on out, but they were still fucking acquitted. The problem was the unreported deaths. A handyman hired by the Youngs, Glenn Shatford, admitted to burying between 100 and 125 infants on the property owned by Lila's parents in Fox Point during his employment. He recalled one such infant waiting burial for five days in the shed of the ideal maternity home before he could transport him to Fox Point. Five days that that baby laid in a shed. By 1943, the home would have 70 infants at any given time, but the authorities weren't able to find any concrete proof of neglect until 1945. It is quoted that there were flies swarming these squalid conditions these children were in, and some children were found to weigh 50% of the average body weight. There was no concrete proof of neglect until now. Until now. At this charge, Lila fired back with harassment charges, and obviously these didn't stand. Her clock was ticking and things were finishing up for her. When the Youngs tried to reapply for their license to operate in 1945, they were quickly rejected. But did that stop them? Of course not. This is a money-making business. Who needs a license? They were already doing black market adoptions. Who cares about licensing? The ideal maternity home continued to operate without a license, and the U.S. got involved working to prove that the couple had smuggled babies across the border. They were able to charge them with eight counts in March of 1946, and in June of the same year, they were fined $428.90 for it. No jail time, just a fucking charge. Sorry, not a charge, a fucking fine. They were also charged with practicing without a license, but in the end, the Youngs were convicted of three counts and charged with $125, roughly $1,700 today. William was found guilty of perjury at the trial in June. These guys just had so much going on this year, but they just kept on operating. The ideal maternity home was still operating until 1947. 
To be honest, at this time, Lila shot herself in the foot figuratively by filing a libel suit against the media for all the things they had been saying against her. She filed for $25,000, and honestly, this opened the floodgates for testimony of what had happened at the home. Needless to say, Lila did not win her libel suit, and the home officially shut down at the end of 1947, and the Youngs moved to Quebec. The home was supposed to be converted into a resort, because that wouldn't make anyone uncomfortable to be sitting in a resort that used to house dead, abused babies. But I'm, I'm just a voice. Who am I? It burned to the ground on September 23rd, 1962. William died of cancer just before Christmas in 1962, and leukemia claimed the life of Lila in 1967. Unfortunately, we will never know the full extent of the crimes of William and Lila Young. It's currently estimated to be between 400 and 600 victims. You heard me, 400 and 600 victims. And if you ask most everyone outside of Nova Scotia, even in Canada, who these monsters were, they couldn't tell you. They probably never heard of these people. The survivors of these horrendous crimes are still trying to find their biological families. In the fire that burned down the home in 1962, all the files that were in the home burned with it. They didn't empty the home before this happened. These children that can even trace themselves back to the maternity home in the first place have pretty much nothing to go on from there to find their families. It's actually because of this case that we have so many adoption laws and have such strict regulations on maternity homes to this day in Canada. We really don't want this to happen again. In 1947, there would be multiple laws passed that would make it harder to send children across borders and make it harder for homes to get away with things like this. Homes now had to be watched and have constant medical personnel and have a lot better security to keep rules in place. They actually had to have documentation of medical personnel so that chiropractors could not say that they were doctors and midwives could not say that they were obstetricians. And it actually is in connection to this case that we seem to have the first um, child support laws. In 1951, we had the Children of Unwed Mothers Act passed because of it. The, this provided proper support to women who were not married and still had these kids. It called for a series of payments from the father and there would be no provisions for the overseers of these kids. So basically it wasn't for the mom or the guardian of whoever was watching the kid. It was just supposed to be from the father for the child. The courts could also force the father to pay an extra amount of money lumped in with the predetermined amount. The father would have to send in regular checks until the child was 16. Sound familiar? Sound modern? You can kind of thank William and Lila Young for this one. So if you or anyone else are suffering from violence, please reach out for help at your local helplines. You can find province-specific ones at www.dawncanada.net forward slash issues forward slash crisis dash hotlines forward slash. It's a really great directory just listed by province. So you can find any sort of abuse helpline that you might need scroll through, find your province, and you'll be able to find any kind of directory, or not directory, helpline that you may need. So again, www.dawncanada.net forward slash issues 
forward slash crisis dash hotlines forward slash. If you or someone you know is suffering from a mental health crisis or need someone to talk to about any sort of mental health issue that you may have, you can dial 833-456-4566 for the Canadian Suicide Prevention Hotline. They're open 24-7, 365 a year, and they are also available in English and French. Again, 833-456-4566. For my American listeners, your helpline is 1-800-273-8255. Also, they are open 24-7, 365. Again, 1-800-273-8255. If you feel it's more severe, please dial 911 or visit your local emergency room. You deserve all of the help that you can get even the help that you don't feel you deserve you need. You can find me wherever you can find your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, all at Whispers in the Trees. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening. Stay safe out there.